Well, hey, praise God. We're so glad that you have joined us for church online here at the Church of Grace and Peace. We're so grateful for your attendance and we're so grateful for your giving. And we want to take a time now to give thanks to the Lord and to ask God's blessing on all that's sown. We know that many of you will be sowing during the service. You're sowing now or you have done so at some time during the week. We thank you for your faithfulness to God and to his vision for grace and peace. And let, now let's just ask God's blessing on, on all that's done. Our giving uh, touches not only the ministry on this campus, whether it's live or through our, our online ministry, but it's through the many partnerships that we stand with, that we're covenanted with, that minister in our state, in our nation, whether it's on school campuses, whether it's to the poor and the broken uh, in, in our region, or whether it's ministries uh, of all sorts around our, our nation, and then the missionaries that minister around the world. So let's just thank God now. Let's ask God's blessing on you and on the giving. So Father, here today we thank you so much for your vision for this house and for the faithful people that you have raised up to be those that would support the vision in their giving, uh, in their serving. Lord, we pray that every dollar and every cent would translate to ongoing lasting fruit for your kingdom. Lord, again, through all that happens here on site, all that would happen online, all that happens in the ministry partnerships in our state and around our world. God, we give you all the glory for it and we pray your blessing on every sower. Lord, you said that it is you that supplies all of our needs according to your riches and glory. So we're praying together in agreement wherever there is need that you would break out in their life, that you would touch and meet that need. Father, all of this we pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, so let's get into the message. Uh, we are on this weekend celebrating the Church of Grace and Peace's 36th birthday. And so we're rejoicing. We're so grateful to the Lord for all that he's done over uh, the, these last years and what he's going to do in the years to come. Uh, this message here today is going to be a vision message uh, regarding grace and peace and where things are headed into the future. Uh, and this is actually a part four in our vision series that we've been doing over the last several weeks. So we're going to talk today about God's vision for our church a vision to continue to build on the legacy that has gone before us. What an incredible thing it is, the church. The Bible says that it's the ecclesia, the called out ones. And we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 2, it says this, it's, it's an address to the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be his holy people, together with all those everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. Oh, that's the church. That is the ecclesia. And we here at the Church of Grace and Peace have over these last 36 years been just striving to hear God's voice and to be led of the Lord and to be used of him to see his kingdom advance in, in, our, in our region, right here in our backyard and in our nation and in nations around the world. And as we build the vision, as it moves forward, we, we want to answer the question, so what is this house here that God is building. As I said, we have a wonderful legacy that we're standing on as we prepare to look for the days ahead. 
you know, in our, our history is deeply encouraging to me. And I pray that it would be to you as well. You know, the Church of Grace and Peace wasn't birthed in the, the mind of man as just a, a thing to do, but it was God's idea. And it was God's idea that was entrusted uh, into the hands of Walt and Maureen Healy. Uh, Back in the 70s, it was the early 70s, where Walt and Maureen began holding a Friday night prayer meeting. And that prayer meeting would later become the Church of Grace and Peace. The first service was held on August 18, 1985, in a home in Island Heights. But they would soon outgrow that and have to move to Tom's River Intermediate West, And it was during those years that many of the outreach ministries that we have today began. Uh, And uh, soon as the congregation grew, there was a desire for a permanent home. And this property here on Old Freehold Road, it was purchased and a sanctuary was constructed. On August 1st, 1992, the first service was held in the sanctuary. And that service was actually the wedding uh, of our worship pastor uh, and his wife, Christine, James and Christine Wheeler. That was the very first service that happened on this property. And through the 90s and the 2000s, the rest of this campus was constructed and the church continued to grow in number and in scope of ministry. So over these last 36 years, what started as a congregation of 12 adults and 12 children has become a regional church with many ministries reaching every generation for Christ. And there is much vision and direction and journey that God still has in front of us. Much will continue to unfold for us in the days to come. And so here we are in 2021, and it's certainly this last year and a half to two years has been an extremely trying time uh, for the world, for our nation, uh, and and certainly for all of us as we have navigated through uh, all of the, the stuff that has happened, the COVID season, the unrest in our nation, the political stuff, everything that's gone on, um, we are amidst uh, very sobering times, and we are amidst very challenging times, and we're amidst very changing times. And so as I share vision here over these next few minutes, we need to understand that the, the core of our vision is to flow with the Lord as He leads us and as He directs us and as He guides us. And so I'm convinced that the Lord is going to continue to pivot us and to move us, to stretch us, to challenge us, and to have us rise to meet needs as they unfold. You know, to a certain degree, it's looking into a fog because we are amidst such difficult times and we are amidst such changing times. Uh, But our vision is focused on being a church that hears God's voice and that moves in alignment with the Lord's calling, with his leading, and with his purposes. And so with that in mind, you know, uh, you know we're, we're casting vision in light of the idea that God knows the future and he's going to walk us on into it. But there are a couple of key things, three vision targets that I want to speak about for a few moments here that I think will create a landscape that we can walk in together 
as God walks us into this unknown future. I mean, think about it. In our nation, we have not gone this way before. The church is now uh, a church amidst a post-Judeo-Christian society. It's a post-modern society. And, and so, so much has changed in our culture. That means that the Lord is going to lead us into effective ways to continue to be salt and light, to continue to be a city on a hill uh, in, in our world, in our culture around us. So three vision targets I want to unpack here today. And I pray that you would envision these things with me and, and, and we'll begin to paint a picture uh, of what grace and peace looks like moving into our future. So vision target number one, we're a church with purpose, a church with purpose. And so as I talk about being a church with purpose, I, I want to uh, define that and describe that a little bit for you. Uh, we're, uh, and here's a few characteristics of a church with purpose. First of all, a church with purpose has a mission. We're not just taking things as they come. Uh, we're not just trying to pull good ideas as they come along, but we have a mission and, and it's a mission that is grounded in the word of God. It's grounded in the words of Jesus. It's something that we at Grace and Peace should be very familiar with. Matthew 28 verses 18 and 19. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Church, that is our mission, to be discipled and to grow in Christ and to go reach the world and see the world discipled in Christ. Everything that we do, vision-wise, is going to unfold out of that mission that the Lord has for the church. And perhaps it's more sobering and, and needs to be more of a focus than ever before as we look at the times that we're living in. A church with purpose not only has a mission, but secondly, a church with purpose has five key biblical expressions. Five biblical purposes, we could say, within our purpose that, that God lays out that should be characteristic of God's church, of a healthy church. And I want to quickly run through these. A church with purpose is a church of worship. Uh, Psalm 29, verse 2 says, Ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of His holiness. Our first priority, the first biblical expression we have as a church is to be worshipers, to minister unto the Lord. Second is discipleship. And again, we just read in Matthew 28 that we are to be His disciples and we are to make disciples of all nations. And you know, discipleship, it's, it's relationship-driven and it flows through a relationship um, paradigm. Uh, discipleship is not a class. It's not a, a series of instructions. It's not a series of teachings. Uh, th it, those things might be included in discipleship, but it's relationship. It's something that's caught. I know we've talked about that before at our church, but remember, we're casting vision here. I want to be stoking a fire. First uh, Thessalonians 2, 7 and 8, Paul says, Indeed, we were like young children among you, just as a nursing mother cares for her children so we cared for you. Think about that picture. Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, 
but our very lives as well. That's a discipleship context. We loved you like a parent to their child. We loved you like a mother nursing and caring for a child. And we loved you so much that we shared not just the gospel, but we were doing life together, sharing our lives. A a, a third key, a third expression uh, of a church on purpose is evangelism. And again, when we go back to Matthew uh, chapter 28, that we just looked at, we were called there to go make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. When the, when the word is speaking of baptizing people, it's speaking of new people being reached, making Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of their lives. New disciples being reached. So there's evangelism in that mandate as well. And we certainly have that call here in our region to bring salvation to a lost and broken world, a confused, hurting world, uh, a world that, that's so plagued by fear and, and unsettledness. Uh, we're needing to rescue this generation that we live in. And so that makes us a lighthouse. That makes us a hospital to those around us in our community, those around us in our, in our region, in our county. Uh, a fourth biblical expression is service. We're called to serve. We're called to be servants. We're called to be stewards of the gifts the callings, the opportunities, and the resources that God has given to us, that through those things, his kingdom would advance in our lives. All of this being used for his glory. And then that fifth expression is that fellowship. True biblical fellowship is a part of a church on purpose. We're called to be a family. We're called to be a community under the banner of the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I love what it says in Psalm 133, verse 1. It says, How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. So a church on purpose has mission. It has these five biblical key expressions. A church with purpose is also a church that's balanced, a church with purpose is balanced. And when I talk about balanced, I'm talking about deep and wide. And what I mean by that is oftentimes churches will kind of lean into one of those two extremes. They'll really really go in on being a church that's wide in its reach, um, working so hard to be relevant, working so hard to reach the lost that they'll put so much focus and effort that they actually start to get off a little bit into a ditch on that side. Maybe they're afraid to speak some of the harder truths of the word of God. Maybe they're afraid to go deeper in discipleship because they're concentrating so hard on reaching those that don't know Christ. And then you have other churches that, that will want to go deep with the Lord. And they'll, they'll sway so, so much into going deep and going deep <clears throat> that they'll forget that there's a lost world that we've been given a mission to love and to care for and to reach. And so instead of being a church that is either wide or deep, we want to be a church that is deep and wide. And so that's a balanced church. You know, I used to hear uh, uh, ministers and and pastors and and different ministry leaders talk about balance as as a negative word, wishy-washy, that balance is kind of lukewarm in the middle of the road. But that's not the picture I'm painting. I'm talking about, you know, this, this tension that pulls one side on the other. You know, this tension of we gotta reach the lost. We gotta care about being relevant. We have to care about speaking and ministering in a way that a lost person can get connected to Christ. 
And then yet on the flip side, we can't lose the tension of, but we want to go deep with him and we're growing in Christ and we want to keep growing and, and there's no depth to walking with God and, and, and he wants us, wants us to be brought into deep relationship with him. So that tension between the two, that's the balance that we never sway to one side or the other, but that we keep doing both. I hope I'm painting a picture for you here today. A church with purpose is also diverse. And that's the next, uh, if you're taking notes, that's the next fill-in that we have here. So that's diverse in that we have people of every age that we're equipped to nurture and disciple and grow at our church. And then, of course, uh, having a diversity of culture and ethnicity and background for the folks that come and make grace and peace home. And then also that we would have a diversity of spiritual age, that we would be a church that has people that are seeking God coming and feeling safe to come seek him here at Grace and Peace. And then new believers. Oh, there's so, something so fresh when you get around a new believer and that fresh excitement for God. And then we, you know, people who are starting to grow up in the Lord and then those that are seasoned and mature. We want people of every spiritual age. And then this one, I, I want to paint this out a little bit for you. Uh, a church with purpose is a wow church. You might be saying, what, what on earth do you mean by it's a wow church? What I mean is what we do for the Lord, we should do all out for him. You know, uh, our vision for our church is that we would never use language like this. Oh, well, that's good enough, you know, or hey, why would you do that? That's so much extra work. You know, we can think of organizations and we can think of businesses and companies and, 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 and uh, just different groups where we would see, wow, they go above and beyond in the mission that they have. That wow factor, that's what I'm talking about. I want us to be a wow church where people are so inspired and they recognize that it's all for the glory of our God. We shouldn't do just get by. We shouldn't do that's good enough. We shouldn't do that's so much extra work. But we should be a church where people look and say, you went through all of that effort for this and you went through all of that effort for me and you went through all of that effort to do that and that. And we would say, hey, yes. And at the end of the day, Colossians three seventeen, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. We want to do it as unto the Lord, everything as worship unto the Lord. Nothing mediocre, nothing half-hearted. And man, I tell you, I think as that culture catches in these days ahead, uh, it is going to be so inspiring for folks. And uh, it is going to be something that's going to truly bring just greater and greater levels of glory and honor to the Lord. So that's our first vision target is we are a church with purpose. Now the second vision target is we are a church in power. We're a church in power. And let me give you some of the characteristics of the church in power that we have a vision to be. A church in power is a praying church. And we know that God tells us he works through the prayers of his people. Acts 4.31, after they prayed, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God boldly. A church in power is a praying church. Also, a church in power is a spirit-filled church. Acts 1.8, 
But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So we have power to be a witness. 1 Corinthians 1.18, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. In 1 Corinthians 2.4, My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. So uh, a church in power is also an overcoming church. Matthew 16, 18, Jesus says here, he says, I will build my church. Jesus is building his church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Another translation says all of the power of hell will not be able to conquer it. Jesus is building his church and it's an overcoming church. Hebrews 12, 28 says, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. A church in power is also both large and small. Both large and small. Acts 5, 42 tells us this. Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. So they're moving in the power of God. This is an overcoming power. And people are meeting Christ. And there's, there's, there's just souls getting saved and discipleship happening. People being baptized. And notice it was in the temple courts and from house to house. And Grace and Peace has a vision that we would see on our Sundays that this house would be filled with people seeking God, meeting God, growing in, in God, worshiping, and that this temple would be filled with praise and with life, that it would just be brimming with life and community. And also through our internet services, that people would be meeting Christ and engaging our online campus as well. But then when it talks about the meeting house to house, we have a vision to see homes transformed by the power of God. As we live spirit-filled lives, that, that God would bring encounter with Him in our homes. And as we would have growth groups all around our community, people would gather and we would see people grow and, 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 and encounter the living God in these different home groups as well. So a church in power is going to continue to grow large, but if it's going to continue to grow with quality, it's going to have to grow small as well through uh, our ministry in our homes and through the various growth groups that meet in homes around our region. And then a church in power is a fivefold church. And we recognize that there is a fivefold ministry gifting that God has given to his people to equip and grow them up. And we see that in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 to 13. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So there is a fivefold anointing and we recognize there is a prophetic anointing that we need. There is an apostolic anointing that breaks the ground and, and, and that moves into new places and that, that advances the kingdom. And then there's an evangelistic anointing that we need where, where the power of God and the encounter of God sees lost people come meet Jesus. And then there's the ministry of the pastor and the teacher to nurture and to grow in the day-to-day -day of community life.
So all of these things together, these are keys, part of the vision that we see at Grace and Peace, that we are a church in power. And then our third and last vision target that we'll look at, we're a church of impact. And and our, our byline as a church, we are building the people that shape the world. We're a church of impact. And, and again, here's a couple characteristics of a church of impact. Well, a church of impact is a growing church. And when I say growing, I mean in both ways, quality and quantity. We are reaching people for Christ. We are reaching the lost for Christ and that we are growing spiritually. We are growing up spiritually. And again, we see in Acts chapter 2, verses 46 and 47, every day they continue to meet together in the temple courts. There it is. That's on the church campus, right? And they broke bread in their homes as homes turn to Christ, as homes live for Christ, and as growth groups meet in homes around our region. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. See, as we live on mission and as we walk in God's power, we're going to see God's impact in our world, in our lives, and in our community around us. In a church of impact, you can fill this in as well. It is also a fruitful church. Now, we could say growth, quality, quantity, that's fruit. Yeah, but I just, I just want to say it this way, that there ought to be fruit in our lives individually, and then there ought to be fruit in the life of this church family. There has been, and there will continue to be. John fifteen five. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit apart from me. You can do nothing. Another characteristic here of a church of impact, the church of impact is the head and not the tail. Look at the promise for God's people. As God's people live sold out to him, as God's people live loving him with all of their heart, here's something that we see in the Old Testament that is a characteristic that we can grab a hold of as God's people in Christ. Deuteronomy 28, 13. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. If you pay attention to the commands of the Lord your God that I give you this day and carefully follow them, you will always be at the top and never at the bottom. So as we are building the people that shape the world, we know that we are going to see God's people move into areas of influence and impact all around our, our, our mountains of culture, all the different places of culture in our society. God will have his people go and, and bring his, his truth, his wisdom, his blessing, his salvation, and his wholeness. Another characteristic of a church of impact, it is a church in victory. And, and it tells us in the word, thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. We are called to triumph in Christ. So not only are we to have influence, but we are to be a church in victory. Jesus on the cross and in his resurrection has overcome every bondage, every brokenness that is in our dark and fallen world. And we as God's people want to be a a people that are equipped not only just to thrive in our world culture, but to be people that will thrive in victory, in wholeness, in life, in salvation, in breakthrough, 
in deliverance, whatever is needed, we have triumph in Christ Jesus. And so we're committed to being a church that helps folks not only meet Christ for salvation, but then to move on to grow into a life of overcoming and a life of victory. All right, and the last point that we'll look at here as part of a church of impact is a church of impact is a relevant church. It's a relevant church. 1 Corinthians 9, 19 to 22. Listen to what Paul says here. Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but I'm under Christ's law. So as to win those who have not the law, not having the law. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means, I might save some. And we believe so strongly it is the message that is sacred. It is the message that we must guard and protect and herald and not compromise. But... The methods that we use must be relatable to our culture so a bridge can be built for our culture to encounter Christ, to encounter the gospel, to meet the Lord and grow in him. And so when we talk about being a relevant church, it's realizing that our methods must be creative and must uh, uh, be things that can change up. Uh, But we also realize that uh, being a relevant church means that we have to have what we read about in the Old Testament. We read about the sons of Issachar and it said that they discerned, that they understood the times and they knew what to do. So we are a church that is a relevant church. So the focus going into this next season, uh, we are seeking God for his direction as we walk into these new times that we're in. We're, We're cultivating and seeking God for vibrant alive, spirit-filled encounters with God in our weekend services. We're looking to see thriving, healthy growth groups. We're looking to see prayer continue to, to be rooted and, 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 and effective, anointed, powerful prayer continue to grow at our church. We're looking to see new opportunities for discipleship to grow in Christ and new opportunities of outreach in our community that you'll hear more about in the days to come. Uh, we're, we're believing God to connect in greater ways. We want to connect families. We want to see families have more opportunity to grow together at our church. We are seeing refreshing and rebuilding and relaunching post-COVID here uh, at, for our children's and our youth ministries. And with that, uh, I, I know you're going to see some photos that will come up now uh, during some of this time where... You know, ministries have have had to shift and, you you know, uh, just all of that that's happened in this last season. We've been busy at work renovating our children's and our youth areas. And as so you as you can see, our our nursery has been updated, new flooring uh, to match that great new muraling that's happened over the last couple of years in our our kids ministry hallways, our kids area. Then our youth area, you know, when when our youth room got stripped down, you'll see photos. uh, Students wrote prayers 
on, on, the, on the beams, on, on the walls of our, our youth facility, that God would be glorified and that students would be impacted by Christ in that facility. And as you can see, it's beautifully being updated. That's happening through our summer and into the fall. And so we're so committed to our children. We have great curriculum. We have great teachers. We have great pastors over our, our different children and youth ministry areas. We're committed to see that vision flourish and grow uh, over this next year. And so as we look to the future, as we look to what God is going to do, it's in the context of these three targets that we looked at. Before I close us in prayer, I would like to just invite you to listen uh, to some beautiful words from our founding pastor. It is never enough that a successor maintain a church. God's purpose in succession is to take the church to new levels. You will be like the second generation, grace and peace. And you will prepare it for the third generation. This is no small task. Here's what we determined, Jim and I. I said, Jim, you can't step into my shoes. You certainly can't walk in my shoes. Let me lift you up on my shoulders so that you can see further than I can. I am certain that our values, our vision, our very foundations that we've laid for more than three decades will always be here. But while the foundations will not change, the expression of vision that is built on that foundation must change. Our culture has changed, our vision shifts and changes with it. Lean hard into this truth. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Lean into this truth. If God is for us, who can successfully stand against us? Lean into this truth. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Lean into this truth. My God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that works among us or works in us. Thank you, Jesus. Father, thank you for 2020 and all that has transpired. But in 2021, Father, we are asking for a bigger, better, more successful campaign of victory, taking us from win to win to win, from victory to victory, from faith to faith, from hope to hope. In 2021, our response to your ability is that we will step out and not allow the giants to come into the land and defy the living God. We will stand up as champions of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ and push back against the assault of the enemy. In Jesus' name, thank you that we already have the victory over yesterday's lions and bears and will have the victory over next year's Goliaths. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I want to ask you, church family, will you be a part? 
Will you be a part of making God's vision for grace and peace continue to flourish and move into this next season? These are, as I said earlier, uncertain times. They're peculiar times for sure. But the Lord, who is outside of time, wants to take us by the hand and lead us and walk us through that. Would you be a part of these things that we spoke about today, that we would be a church on purpose, a church with purpose, a a church of power, a church of impact, and and a church of relevance? If you would say yes to that, that you would say that you're on board for that, then, then I just want to tell you there's a, there's a couple of different ways. We, we become membered. If you're not yet membered at the church, would you consider maybe uh, becoming a member? Because that's sort of where we draw the dividing line. There are folks who visit Grace and Peace. There are folks who attend Grace and Peace. And certainly for all of them, we say, you are so welcome. Feel right at home. We want to love you. We want to minister to you. But there's a group of folks here who have said we're carrying the burden, we're carrying the vision, and we're taking the responsibility on our shoulders to see what God wants done at and through grace and peace to see that come to pass. And that's our faithful members. And so if you have that heart, but you've not yet been member to Grace and Peace, then I'd say think about becoming a member. And there'll be membership classes uh, coming up in September that you can hear all about what that entails and what that looks like. And you can find out more about that in, in our Next Steps uh, page at graceandpeace.org. Maybe you're not yet serving. We, we need to everybody to share the load of serving the vision and its various components here at Grace and Peace. So again, you can go to the Next Steps page and and see about a way to step in and serve. But if we're all praying together for God to do what he desires to do, God, bring us into alignment with your perfect will. Lord, help us to live in step with what it is you're calling us to be and do. Then we're not going to miss a single thing that God wants to do again in us and through us. So church, there are great days in front of us. Uh, the, the word of God tells us these last times, they're perilous times. But in that, we are the triumphant church. We are the overcoming church. So I thank you for being here today in this service. I thank you for being a part of what God has done. And I thank you for choosing to be a part of what he's going to do in the future. Let's pray. Father, we do glorify you and thank you for every bit of fruit that has poured out of grace and peace over this last 36 years. Lord, we are so grateful for our founders, Walt and Maureen Healy, who sacrificed and laid their lives down. We thank you for their family that sacrificed and paid prices and laid their lives down so that the church of grace and peace could come into being and could be everything that it is now. And yet, Lord, we know that our best days are not behind us, they're in front of us. And so as we stand on the shoulders of our founders, we ask, God, that you would bring fresh anointing to us. Lord, that you would continue to help us to hear your voice. Lord, these targets, we know they are are God-ordained targets for your church and specifically for your church at the Church of Grace and Peace. So lead us in your anointing, lead us in your power, lead us in your voice to bear much fruit for your glory in these days ahead. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you, church. See you soon.